All right. Welcome, everybody. This is episode two of the sit-down sessions. Um, we're here with Complete Beats. Um, yeah, so I guess we'll just get right into it, man. How'd you get into producing? You know, what's your kind of backstory with this stuff? So, um, what's up, everybody? Um, so, yeah, I have been making beats. So, I'd say, I guess, I kind of say officially 2004, but like lightweight unofficially 2001. Um, I, um, so I got into, to be, into beat making through DJing, hmm. but that was kind of like a purposeful thing because the only reason I started DJing was because back then I thought that that was the only way that you could make beats was to hmm. start as a DJ. Yeah. Um, that's how it all started in the beginning. Yeah. I, you know, and, and everybody I knew, like. I mean, the people who I revered, like Primo, Pete Rock, um, that's that's how they did it. And mm-hmm. and those depictions of them with turntables and whatnot in videos, and, uh, you know, was like, okay, well, I guess I got to do this. Um, so I started I started DJing, and um, and I've I mean I'm I've always loved music. I mean, um, I assume you wouldn't get into this if you didn't. Mm. But um, I've always had this thing where music, it's like I've always either remixing something in my head or have music in my head or something going on. And so to me, it seemed like the natural progression was to somehow end up doing that. So it was like, okay, I want to see if I can make beats one day, but whatever. Um, So I DJed in college. I had some buddies uh, we DJ together did little shows in local places I made some mixtapes um but in 01 in one of my mixtapes I wanted to do my own intro so I borrowed a friend's sampler like this like old Elisis sampler <laughs> that had like it might have had like 10 seconds of sample time um maybe it maybe spread across like eight banks or what, I mean eight pads or something like that so I took that and I I basically I chopped up a, a, a red man beat and then replayed it and then chopped some voice phrases from some some of my favorite songs whatever and made the intro to my mixtape so I, I always considered that my unofficial start because I did that then but then I really didn't start in a concerted fashion trying to make beats until 04. Um, and at that time I was uh, under the impression that the only way you could do is if like with hardware, like MPC, something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I was too broke. I mean, I was out of school by the time college, um, but I was too broke to get anything like that. And come across a friend who was uh he was in he, he was a instrumentalist i mean he played all sorts of instruments keyboard and all sorts of stuff and he was like hey man you know i got this software called sony acid pro and he was like you know you could just you put sounds in there you can cut up little loops and things like that because he knew what i wanted to do and he was like you can have my cd you know just put on your computer it's a cheap way to you know at least get your ideas out so i did that and i just figured out sony acid pro and i you know i chopped up loops and samples like down to the you know to the millimeter to make beats or whatever and that was all i had but that's kind of how i cut my teeth on it Mm. um 
and then sort of progressed uh progressed from there um those beats are hella rough but <laughs> I, I, think I mean just about everybody's first couple of beats are hella rough right you know <laughs> it's like they all they all are but, uh, and and it's funny i think about it like looking back on that time i there was no no guidance like mm. like at the at the time i started making beats i was actually i, I was uh teaching so I, that's what i that's what i went, went to school for <clears throat> actually went to school initially for um computer art and graphic design but then switched to elementary education so i was teaching um and I didn't, I didn't know anybody who, who, you know, who made beats or whatever. I mean, I just one dude who gave me that software, but there wasn't anybody. Yeah. It's not, like, like, it's not like today where you have all this, this major producer community and all these people streaming on Twitch and all these other people doing all sorts of shit, giving out game. Right. Exactly. There was, there was none of that. None of that. I, at that time I knew one person who had an MPC. It was a dude I knew in, knew in college, but by this time, you know, gone your separate ways or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I was just stumbling through like Sony Acid Pro and then someone had hit me off to Fruity Loops. And this was right around the times it still was Fruity Loops. Mm, going way back. Oh yeah. You just get it free or whatever. Um, Cause I'm pretty sure that version was free. It was like super crude compared to FL Studio yeah so i i got i got fruity loops did not know what the hell i was doing (laughs) and so i just kind of stuck with um i stuck with acid and kept working on that and then i remember so i met i met my my now my wife and was living in chicago out there and Still was messing around with SoundForge and so on. SoundForge is what you would, is what the software used that you could sample and like clean up your samples. Mm. You know, acid was where you, you know, chapped and layered the loops. So I was still messing around with that. Um, we moved back to Ohio and I was, <laughs> I remember I was somewhere in the garage, uh, not a, a guitar center. And in Guitar Center, I went. I went to Guitar Center expressly because I had FL Studio. This was like when they shift, shift, shifted over, mm-hmm. and I was there in the pro audio department. Like, yo, is there anybody here who could like help me out with FL Studio? Just kind of like, I had some questions about it, whatever. And that I found out, which I'm sure everybody else will know, is a fruitless venture because fucking nobody in Guitar Center knows shit about software and barely anything about the hardware they actually have there in the store so save yourself some time if you're ever thinking about going and asking for help in guitar center about anything related to making beats or anything recording for that aspect yeah because they don't they do not know but uh oddly enough when i was there you know they were like oh i don't you know i don't know and I was then just like, you know, puddling around, looking around, looking around stuff. This dude comes up to me after a while and he's like, he's like, yo, I heard you asking about um, FL Studio. You make beats? And I was like, yeah, I do. Um, 
but I got this FL Studio and I'm trying to learn. I like, I can't figure out a bunch of stuff on it. He was like, man, well, I make beats. And he was like, I use that too. And so he had his, um, he has like his iPod or something. And he just, you know how like uh, Guitar Center, they have those little, they have like a computer hooked up to some monitors or whatever, yeah. or the keyboard. He, he plugs in his aux cord into this computer and plays me stuff. And I'm blown away. I was like, oh my God, like, how, you, like you make that? Like, I was like, this should be on the radio. Like, he was like, yeah, I've been making beats for a little while. And he was, and he was like, why don't you give me your number? And maybe sometimes you can come over, I can show you some stuff. So I came over to his spot and he, he showed me how to, how to basically how to make beats. And he was, I mean, he was really, really good. He's still, still my homie to, to this day. I consider him like my beat making mentor. Um, so at that particular time, this would have been like 05, 06, 07, give or take. And um, you know, we were making you know beats bouncing off one another, he, him much better than me. And he was hoping to be in the industry and um, trying to like, you know, trying to move to that in that, in that direction. Mm -hmm. And lightweight at that time, I kind of thought to myself like, man, that might be, you know, that'd be, you know, dope to break into that. Yeah. And, um, but it was like at the, at the time, like you only really had MySpace, you know? So I would put beats on MySpace, but who like like who's looking at your MySpace page? Your friends, you know. Yeah. And your friends are not really trying. Not, to, you know, like they're not the really audience you want. <laughs> you know, like they're not really messing with that. So, um, so it was like ah, whatever, you know. And, um, but we knew some people. So this was um, and I forget you. I, I know you said you're on the Eastern Time Zone, but where are you at actually? Uh, I'm up in Maine. Oh, you're in Maine. Oh, I know you're in Maine. Okay. Okay. So both both you and Tech and the representing New uh, New England. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Northeast. So, uh, um, so anyways, we where we were living at that time was uh Toledo, one of the sub major cities of Ohio, and my buddy had he had got I don't know how, but he found people like who were recording at the studio. Um, and there was this dude who had some fame for a while named uh, Life Jennings. Um, he was, put it like this, if you were to hear Life Jennings, like Anderson Pack is like very reminiscent of it, but much better than Life Jennings. Mm -hmm. And Life Jennings got placements and had actually a couple of hits back then. So my buddy like found out where he recorded and, and ended up knowing the dude uh, who ran the studio and whatnot. And he would go up there. He would take me a couple of times, basically, you know, beat CDs and play them for people or whatever, play, you know, playing for guys who are trying to record and shit like that. And, um, and uh, so, you know, that it was like that and trying to go to some beat battles. But it's interesting to think back on that time because that was like, that was like the only lane that you had. Like yeah. If you made if you made beats, all you all you all you had was you were either trying to find an artist who maybe you could work with, like if they were good, you could work and try to build something with them. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but even then recording in your home was not what it is now. Like you can make beats in your home, but recording in your home wasn't quite what it is now. So studio time was still expensive and hard to get. So your only lane was like, oh, you want to develop an artist or you're trying to find an artist who would buy your beats, which would be also still difficult or the, you know, the rare bird getting something into the hands of somebody in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. Me and tech were talking about this the last episode, some that like back in the day, like your only avenues, like as a producer were very limited, you know, you basically to get your platform was the artist. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Like today, like we have so many different other, you know, platforms at our fingertips to get the music out there. But back then, that's all you had, you know, you had, if you got in with a good artist and you made something pop off and, you know, you met people, you went to this studio, went to that studio, met this other artist and that other artist was the only way you really got that type of traction. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, that was, that was, that was it. And uh, so, I mean, we would try to, you know, we would do that and I entered a couple beat battles and stuff and, um kept putting music on like myspace and whatnot and that excuse me that didn't really go anywhere and um my buddy he was in the he was in the military um air force and so he got stationed somewhere else he got moved and he had um he moved to san antonio and um then me and my wife moved down to where we're at now um near uh dayton ohio which is a little bit more like South and in 08, uh, we had our first child, excuse me. So that really like, like that time, like I had, I kind of had like a hiatus of, of making beats. Cause I mean, all this time I'm still teaching full time and whatnot. And then, you know, we have a kid. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, uh, I mean, like, I remember there was a stretch where, like, I didn't even, I didn't even bust out my equipment. Like, it was, wasn't was even hooked up um, for a stretch. And I kind of, and I kind of, like, it kind of was like, oh, well, not really at the forefront of my mind, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I would say you know, probably for the first, like, maybe... I don't know, probably until, until my oldest daughter was like about three was when I started to kind of like trickle back in to it a little bit, little by little. But, um, but even then it was like, okay, well, what I'm, you know, you know, what am I going to do here? Like I, as I, I do have a friend of mine who I grew up with and he, back when we got out of high school, we had a couple friends who they, they got in on, on the on the indie tip like they went to the basically like they went to the new music seminar so this so just time frame and you know i'm so point of reference i'm 42 so i graduated high school in 96 so in that like 96 97 98 period we had these friends they went to the new music seminar in like new york they had like demos they got like, you know, managers, they got in some of the, you know, some of the opportunities, whatever, and got picked up by a small label. Like this is a small label who like 
hadn't done hip hop, but they were trying to like profit off of hip hop, you know? It wasn't back in the nineties, that that wave. Everybody's trying to get in on it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, these these friends of ours and it was two different one guy was uh just a single act another two dudes are a deal and um and they were really good and one of my one of my friends um, grew up closely together he started rapping with them and when they were trying to kind of put out their next stuff he started kind of you know building you know writing and stuff like that and um he he was doing back that back then he has since went on to basically working work in Hollywood which he still works now he's hmm. he um like he works on Lucifer he's uh usually a second assistant nice. unit unit director for like Lucifer and yeah people versus OJ and stuff like that he's I mean he's he's successful in that yeah in that right he's made a career for him and yeah there's TV. always those kind of um backdoor stuff that you figure out like as you know people like in the industry like i figured that out myself like working live sound you know like you get into like doing the stuff is like your um day job in a sense and your other like producing stuff is on the side but you're still within that industry and you can keep you know making money being at least relatively involved with it yeah yeah yep so so this homie he does you know he's in hollywood and stuff and he hits me up, I guess probably like maybe 2011 or so, 2012. And he hits me up. He's like, oh, man, do you remember back when we were always saying, like, we should, like, flip a Star Wars beat, like the Imperial March. Like, we got to do that. You got to do that type. You know, we used to talk about that. And I was like, yeah. He's like, I want to do that. I want to I do that, record that or something like, you know, write to it. So I was like, all right, well, you know, I'll take a crack at it. So, um. I took a couple cracks sampling the Imperial March from Star Wars, whatever, and sent it to him. And he, um, he has a buddy who writes music scores. And so he got, he has studio access so he could go record in the studio for free. (laughs) And um, so he started doing that. And that's kind of like how I got back into like, you know, like trying to make beats on on a somewhat regular basis was I was like making, you know, stuff for, for him and, so I was doing that for for a while. Um and then I mean there's a lot of like, you know, stuff happening in, in in between. But at around maybe I would say maybe 2015. Yeah, I think maybe 2015 or 2016. Our our youngest was born in 2015. And you know, I'm wait, I'm making beats here and there. So like I would you know, I spend like two, three hours making beats like on two days in a row and then like for three days don't pick up anything you know just like a lot of like kind of here and there the sporadic right just sporadic kind of you know kind of like my buddy was doing you know asking me to do stuff and I was like okay you know, I'll do that whatever and I get in this this I stumbled upon this Facebook group um called the boom bat factory and boom bat sample factory whatever so I, I join it and it's basically basically you know people putting up their beats or whatever but it, it's like the only rule is it can't be trap you know mm. um and they would have a sample challenge every week where you do the sample challenge and then they would do you know like um have like group voting or whatever so i'm doing that for a while it was cool because it's like-minded type people whatever making you know, stuff that you know i valued you know 
sending stuff back and forth or whatever. And one day while I'm in that group, that group, I'm sitting here and I see this Facebook live thing come up and this is dude making beats on the Facebook live. And I tune in, I was like, what's this? Cause it was like right when Facebook live came out. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the hell is this? And I tune in and it was drums. Uh, I figured and, it. <laughs> and I'm looking at this. I'm like, and I like some of the stuff this dude is playing. Like, and he was in, he was in the group, but it was weird because it was like, it wasn't like he was like in, in sample challenges or whatever, you know, yeah. like he it just popped up in our group and, and I'm like, okay. You know, and I check him out and then like the next week he pops up and he's like, he's got 75 people on, concurrently on Facebook live. And he's like just playing records and chopping up, but responding to people on his phone on the, you know, Mm-hmm. or whatever on the chat and man he's an og in the live streaming game oh yeah yeah he, he i mean he broke ground on broke broke ground on it because nobody was like nobody was checking for that you know no really he was doing it before it was even cool to do it mm-hmm. like, really be like because now all these producers are streaming and doing all this other stuff because of covid like that's what got everybody on the wave of streaming yes. you know i mean you check out all these twitching you know ill mind kenny beats all these other different, you know, big Twitch streams. And they really started doing that after COVID hit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He, I mean, he, he was, he was, he was definitely on that wave well before. Um, and he was, and you know, he, and I don't know, he's talked about this a little bit about like his trial and error with things, mm-hmm. but um, he seemed to, he seemed to hit, hit a you know hit a niche i mean besides the fact that the facebook live was a new platform he was also like it wasn't like he was just there making music he was playing some he was interacting with people mm-hmm. as they put chats on or whatever you know and he had and now we now learn or at least i you know now know that he's done so much in video previous to that the camera angles, angles and quality of the video, all of that stuff put together, like it was definitely something that caught your attention. Yeah. Because here he is on Facebook Live and like after two or three weeks of him doing this, which he used to call it Beats and Chill, he was doing that and he was like, you know, he had like 300 people on live, you know, on a Wednesday night or a Thursday night or something like that. Um, and that's how I, you know, like, so I, I I mentioned that because it's a very is a, a very important part in where I'm at right now because I you know I start seeing him and seeing this and what he's doing and I'm like first of all that's dope and the music that he's making is you know you know is dope and I start you know you know, seeing whatever he's putting up there, like, you know, looking for his music or whatever, wherever, you know, wherever I can. And so not long after that, I can't remember exactly when it was, but um, there's a couple of things, a couple of things happened. He did this built beat builders workshop. Mm-hmm. And right around the time he did this beat builders workshop, like I did that. And I was like, you know, okay, let me try to get the sauce behind it. You know, whatever it is, he's, you know, he's doing. And he was doing that. But then also my buddy who was like having me make beats for him, we had a little bit of a little bit of a falling out. And I was like, cause like he was, he, he was, he was asking a lot of me, but like, 
you know, I grew up with him. He's like, he's like a brother in some ways. So I'm sliding him beats. But at some point I was like, man, you're not respecting my time. Like mm. a career of kids, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's not just to do whatever you want. And like, you don't have a vision as to where any of this is going, but you're not even like trying to slide me nothing, you know? Yeah. Like, and in that, I, I came to a conclusion and this is, this is important because I was talking about back then when me and my buddy were in the studio trying to like, you know, you know, trying to hit up broke rappers in Toledo or whatever. I, I, I can't, it's almost like an epiphany. I realized that I didn't, not only did I not want to, but I could not be that dude who was going to be hanging out in the studio, chasing rappers, trying to see what I can make pop off. You know, I work 50, 60 hours a week. My wife owns a business. We got two girls. We got bills and shit. Yeah. Um, Can't be trying more, to get to the studios at you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't be that. I'd be, nah, that'd be a rap on everything. <laughs> you know, it'd be a rap. Um, and um and by and, and, and I kind of feel like even even in that sense that ship kind of sailed anyways if I was gonna be that dude because I would I would have had to decide that I feel like earlier, you know. Yeah. But I came to this conclusion, I was like, you know what, I just I like the process of making music. Like when I do it, it, it feels good. It feels like I'm it feels like I'm trying to making a beat feels like trying to figure out a puzzle mm-hmm. and when it sounds good to me it feels good you know so so how can i harness that you know like that i enjoy that and then right around the same time i the in the beat builders workshop drums was hitting us off to the whole concept of beat maker as an artist like i had not that 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 was totally foreign to me until i really got hip to him and then other people like Sarah, the instrumentalist and um, some other, like a little bad snacks was another one. Um, and then like, just like, like a ton of low, <clears throat> lo-fi artists who I got into and really kind of got on that wave. But drums was saying in the workshop, he was like, like, look, you can, you can put your beat on beats on these platforms. You can stream, you can do this, like you can do content. And here it is to me. I'm like, oh, you no longer have to be, you know, your reign, your your lane is no longer rapper contingent or mm. artist contingent or label contingent. Like now with social media, streaming access, uh, connectivity, do um, you have all of these different ways you can sort of skin that cat if you make if you make beats? Mm-hmm. And that was like it just uh, it un- it unlocked something for me and. So I remember drums was talking about, he was like, well, you know, he's like, the big thing is, is being consistent. You got to be consistent. You know, you got to do this, blah, blah, blah. You got to, if you're going to do this, even if it's like you decide once a week, it's going to be a consistent do once a week. If it's going to do it every two days, whatever. So I was kind of trying to crunch that in my head. And I remember <laughs> my wife one time, she was like, you know, she was like, you know, when you go down and make beats, like in the evening, you'll be gone for like two hours. And she's like, when you do that, like, you're not here. And I was like, well, I'm here. I'm like, you're now. She was like, but you're not like here, like active to like, whatever. Like you're not active in the room, blah, blah, blah. So I kind of like, you know, bristled for a little bit. And I was like, okay, fine. Okay, fine. You know, so I told myself, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to 
discipline myself to wake up before anybody in the household gets up. That way I'm not taking away from time for the family and this time can be mine. Mm. And it took me a while to make that habit, to create that habit. It took me like about three or four months to even create that habit. Because before and I was just waking up right when our girls had to get up and get them off to school and then I go to work. Yeah. So I started waking up early. And then um, when I finally made that a habit, that changed everything for me musically. I realized that I had been making music in chunks beforehand. So I'd have these spurts of like, oh man, I want to chop that sample. And I go and get deep into it or whatever. Um, but then, like I said, I wouldn't touch beats for another two or three days. And when I started getting up early, I had less time technically because I didn't have less large chunks. Yeah. You know, I might have an hour, 45 minutes, maybe half an hour. But when I was doing it every day, it's like I conditioned my mind to be ready to do something each day. Mm-hmm. So even if it was like, I'm going to check this new plugin or I'm going to go through and organize and make new drum kits for, you know, for my drums one shots or whatever. Um, and music started to become more fulfilling. And in my own opinion, that's when I feel like I made my biggest gains in music sounding more or pointing in the direction of sounding more like what I wanted it to sound like. Yeah. So it was weird. Like, I feel like I started making beats in 04 and I feel like I stagnated for, I don't know, for so long. I mean, I'm sure I made something that was okay. But then I, when I got to this point, it was like, I'm going to work consistently. I'm going to study these people on Instagram or YouTube and study the things that I like about them and then see how I can adapt my own, you know, my own shit. Yeah. No, I think you're, you're kind of hitting the nail on the head there with the dedication part of it. Like, cause me, I've been doing the 30 day beat challenge. Yeah, I know. I've been watching your, watching your IG posts of that. Yeah. And, um, with that, you know, just being able to like have that discipline every day, day in, day out, you know, you're making the shit, you know, I already feel it, you know, it becoming more, it's almost becoming second nature. Like I sit down, load up Ableton, fucking chop up a sample, lay some drums over it and bam, there we go. You know, and it's not, I don't even really think twice about it. I'm not like overanalyzing it like, oh, I don't really like the sound of the snare or, you know, this chop could be a little better. You know, what if I go in there? It's just like, it's okay, that's done there. Put it to the side. Yeah, yeah. It's it's big. It's, it's, it's really big. Like I, uh, and I never would have um, ideologically never would have thought that that would be a thing because beforehand I was more of the mind of like you can't force when you're creative you know I would think like that like you know when when creativity strikes that's when you're gonna make your best stuff or whatever blah 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 and it's not that 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 doesn't happen I can to be totally honest with you I don't even it's weird I don't even feel my most creative during that time Mm-hmm. When, I, when I work, I feel productive. Yeah. But oddly enough, when I feel when I feel most creative, I found tends to be in the afternoon, usually when I'm at work, listening to stuff, listening to like like I'll come across the Discord and listen to some of the dope shit you guys are putting up there. Mm-hmm. 
Sure. And in my mind, like, I'm like, damn, I need to cook, man. I need to, like, I need to cook. Like it's making me, and that's why I feel most creative, yeah. but I can't get to, but I can't get to, get to my stuff. So, um, but it does, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter because I mean, I, my process is my process and I, and I know that the stuff that I make is like more, you know, more, it'll be more stretched out. Like I'll tweak stuff, but even then, I feel like that has helped me too, because like I used to, because I used to make things in chunks, I'd be like, oh, I want to work on this. And I would for two, three hours work on something until I felt like the beat was what it was going to be. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. But you can get fatigue. And I'm sure as an engineer, you know that oh, yeah. you can get physically f- fatigued, but there's a, I don't know what the psychological mental concept switch. is. What'd you say? It's kind of like just a mental switch. You know, like, I think it's more like psychologically speaking in a sense that like you listen to something for so long and the same thing over and over and over and over again that you become, you get into a state of like analysis paralysis. Yes. And it's, it's crippling in some senses. And, you know, I almost feel like, you know, when I'm doing like mixing, like doing like mixing work and stuff like that, you know, I have to take a break every so often. You know, yeah, yeah. like if it's just too much or too like, it, I don't know what I'm listening to. Or like it just becomes muddy, and you know, it just like my yes. brain isn't as sharp or as crisp with it. And you know, going back to kind of what you're saying with the the discipline aspect, you know, I find like the more, you know, I force myself to kind of make the beats, the better they get over time. You know, yeah. there might be sometimes there's some beats that I like more that come out better than others. Mm-hmm. But overall, if you take it from a catalog basis, it's slowly progressing in better ways. Yeah. And I feel like the, that type of discipline actually provides that type of freedom in a sense. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. Um, uh, Crip Uno was talking to me about uh, how he did his beat challenge. Uh, beat challenges um yeah i don't know how he did fucking 90 days of it yeah yeah i'm thinking about doing it 60 i'm already at 18 out of 30 and i'm already really uh might extend it (laughs) so i i've i've seen people i've seen people do those before and in back of my mind i'm like like man i'm good but (laughs) um but i'm i'm considering it now and i'll t- and i'll and i'll i'll tell you why i probably usually shot it down it was for for a couple of reasons no, number one i know from a psychological standpoint i know it's hard for me and even crypt talked about this too it's hard for me to put something out there if i don't think it's good and you make yourself vulnerable if you're like i'm gonna do this challenge and whatever i make i make if it gets out there or whatever you know and but I know that's good for you. That's good for any creative to, mm-hmm. to be, to be vulnerable and put that out and, and, and put that out. Um, Cause he said, he was like, yeah, man, some of those things he was like, <laughs> you know, it's not good, but I, I posted it anyways. And he said, but it was crazy because some things that I didn't like other people, it resonated with them and other things I was like, man, this is good. No one said anything about it or whatever. And he said, but all, all of that, you know, is okay because that's all, you know, all, Process. All in one, you know, one one big thing of your process, your creativity, or your discipline, like you said. Um, 
and the other the other thing that I think was was tough to me is um because I know that my time is more sort of regimented in, in in what I can do and when when I can do it sometimes my mind I'm like well man if I'm going to be working on something I want to go I want to work on something that I can release you know or whatever and and I know if I'm going to be doing a beat challenge then I also have to do the video for it whatever but um I realize now that like if I if I do the capture card thing then that actually might make things a little easier because mm-hmm. it, it would actually eliminate a couple steps for me. Um, Cause if I can do that and I just, you know, and if I've got the, uh, as long as I can do that and, and sync up the sound, which I probably would need OBS to do that. Yeah. Also what a lot of people I see do is they just chop up some anime or chop up some video edits too. You know, do you got any like um, editing skills, you know, just go on YouTube, fucking find some dope edits so you know it's so dope anime clips and shit like yeah yeah i yeah i do i mean that's one thing i've gotten that i've uh you know you guys are talking about that on the on the episode one about how you can't just do one thing anymore you know like you have to or it it helps you to be yeah. able to, to learn, learn these different things and at least like test the waters, you know, find out what works for you, what doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Out. And I, I mean, in, in, in the whole, like venturing down the, like, you know, me deciding to use, cause basically, cause basically like what I said, you know, I figured out like the whole idea of like beat maker as an artist, I decided, okay, I'm going to use Instagram as my main promo vehicle maybe a little bit of Twitter. I don't really do Facebook mm-hmm. um, and, you know, and and YouTube. And as a result, I started learning more about video editing or whatever. I mean, I taught myself some stuff in Premiere and then for a little while I used DaVinci Resolve. And then I backed it down to iMovie because it was a little bit more like, because it was less options, it was mm-hmm. quicker. Yeah. I could do those things, you know, so most of what I do now is in, is an iMovie. I've probably stretched the extent of what I can do in iMovie. Um, so either I'll, I don't want to, I used to have a homie hooked me up with a Adobe creative cloud password, but then uh, his organization that paid for it stopped paying for it. So mm-hmm. I lost that. You're going on right now. You get, um, I think it was like all of the, uh, like the whole bundle, like of mm-hmm. all of their stuff for like, Oh man, when I got it, I think it was like 30, 20, 30 bucks, something like that a month. Really? And you get the bundle, you get Photoshop, you get Premiere, you get After Effects, Illustrator, you know, the whole, whole nine yards. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I said, I, I probably, the stuff I learned, I probably learned it most for, most for Premiere. Um, so, uh, I've taught, I've, I've been wavering on whether I want to go back to that. I've also thought about getting Final Cut because Final Cut is like, mm. like at least you can still buy Final Cut. You know, it's not yeah. like you got to have a subscription. Like you can still, and I use a Mac, so I could do that. And I'm assuming Final Cut is like iMovie on steroids. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the skills I have in iMovie would transfer. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I like doing so. I've I've done a couple 
most of my stuff, most of my beat video stuff has all been footage, either of me or I've done some footage of some like dancers and stuff. Um, I've done a couple anime edits, but I just haven't released them. But that's a another good idea. Like you said, like you could just quickly do that. Just throw a couple anime edits over. That can be real quick and throw the, you know, daily beat challenge under that. Yep. So it'll be a quicker way. And that and, and the cool thing is is I can, you know, I could actually do that at work. Yeah, you can do that on the go if you got to work listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, so I am I'm I'm considering I'm considering do that. And it's a cool and it is it is a cool way to get your it's a cool way to get your um you know like the whole the consistency up like if you're mm-hmm. forcing yourself to do that be today um because I know that I don't post anything every, you know, every day. But yeah, you were saying like you are seeing a bump in engagement. Just from- yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, I mean, I'm on like day 18, and I've got probably a little under 100 followers. Okay, in that time. All right, huh? That's pretty good. You know, and um, you know the the views and likes have been pretty consistent all the way around. And honestly, I think the algorithms have been the past like four or five days have been giving me a little extra bump. Now that you know, you know how it takes like a week or two for the algorithm to kind of update itself and put you in the mix. Um, That yeah, used reels at all? Huh? Have you used reels? No, I want to try and do it, but I'm. I don't know that type of content. I got to figure out like how I wanted to approach that type of content. I'm not good in like the, the short front form witty type of content. Cause that's what I feel like reels is. It's like a, a really like witty type of content. So the, it was, it was who Crip who put me off onto it. I was thinking about it. I was like, Oh, I'm going to check out those reels, but I hadn't made it a priority, but he said something about it. And then um, my last thing I did so basically you're using you only, you you can do 15 seconds 15 seconds or 30 seconds mm. and then you can do some editing in there like it allows you to it, do, it i don't know if you've ever used tiktok but yeah it's kind of i've heard it's kind of like tiktok for instance. it has some of the similar things where it'll allow you to take it'll give you a template of like the frame of where you stopped so if you want to line things up and do all those i'm not i don't use tiktok but I mean, I know how it works mm-hmm. and I can see that when I did a real video, but basically I just did, um, I took the sound cause you use music, the use the music badges like you would for a, so, uh, an Instagram story. Mm-hmm. And then you go to music. So I just searched one of my beats, my last EP because I had never done a promo video for it. So I just did that, played it so I could hear it on my phone, whatever. And played out drums on my uh on my push i did like a one little clip of like putting on a record mm-hmm. put that together whatever and i've got the, the 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 thing i've noticed is i've gotten more lasting engagement on that than than just about even my best traditional post hmm. like some of my best posts they'll come and it'll be a big blast for like that day yeah. I get a lot of engagement that day, but this reel that I put up, crap, I don't know when I put it up, but I was still getting engagement in it, like people seeing it for the first time and 
commenting like four days after it. Hmm. Um, so it just, it seems like, and there's, it, this shouldn't be any surprise, IG is trying to push it. Yeah. So it's so algorithm, it. the algorithm is favoring it. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever that is. And it makes sense, you know, when, um, when TikTok had that thing where whatever, it was like being threatened of being shut down here. That's perfect. You know, Facebook time to roll that out. <laughs> right. Facebook smelled the blood in the water and they're like, Ooh, let's, you know, <laughs> let's, let's jack this. Like we jacked a story from Snapchat yeah. and let's put, <laughs> let's push it to the top of the algorithm. So now's the time um, in, you know, for, I got in, in, it looks like you can for reals just, upload a video from your phone that's already on there hmm. you know so if you had it on there anyways like you would have normally done for the beat beat a day challenge mm-hmm. you could just throw it on there you know granted like you said it won't be 30 seconds but yeah the engagement is, is super high you know interesting to, i'll have to check that out yeah because yeah most of the reels that i've seen like are I I like the feature and like what you can do with it and stuff like that. It just seems like a very, uh, I've just been thinking of like how I'm going to approach it, you know, because I want to like have my like content kind of organized in certain ways. Like if I feel like if I was to do reels, it would be more of a kind of a for fun thing, just kind of like fucking around like jokes and shit like that. Yeah. And just trying to figure out how, to kind of approach it in that way to make it like that, you know, and have it kind of be like a more like music related kind of like fucking around type thing. And then have like my beat videos are the more kind of serious, you know, this is the music stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The good thing is that it posts as a, you, you can decide if you want it to post as a regular post also, like if you want it to show up in your feed and the reels, hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So Interesting. And then like, you know, so if you have it, it comes, if you say, yeah, it shows up on your regular feed, it shows up like a regular post. And then of course you can share it to your stories too. So to be in all those places, I just, I think the, my guess is the major thing is, is that reels are dominating people's explore page right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. So whenever anyone goes to like, look for something, reels are in the forefront and there's, you know, I mean, once upon a time, when you did something on Instagram and put it out for those people who followed you, it showed up pretty high. Now, who knows if it's a regular post, mm-hmm. you know, it could get buried and no one really know, no one really knows why. Well, for reals, it looks like it's putting it to the forefront. I'm sure that'll die down at some point when they yeah. move on, but for the time being. No, for sure. Yeah. I'll definitely have to check into that. Because yeah. I remember, like, when they first put out stories, they did the same thing, you know. Yeah. They boosted that up to the Explore pages and, you know, made that a, a hot engagement item. Yeah. Yeah. There are, and it's, yeah. I don't, it can be, <laughs> it, can be fr- it can be frustrating trying to, trying to figure, figure that out, you know, like. I think there's part of the part of that went like when the algorithm changed and they just like stop posting things chronologically. Um, I'm sure that probably affected people's like 
urgency in posting like other desire to like like oh man you know so if you're busting your hump to make something good and put it out on a regular basis only to get buried and even drum says that you know oh yeah about his stuff and i mean look at his you know look at his his following and and whatnot like if his stuff is getting buried is sometimes it seems like it is an element that you can't control yeah and, it's just kind of the the unknown element of the algorithm yeah yeah and i think that's hard to kind of break into you know and that's why i think like consistency is such a big thing because there's so many people out there that are like you know how to hack the algorithm you know how to on youtube or on instagram or wherever whatever platform you're on you know everybody's looking at uh, the hack to the algorithm when really the only way you can start to you know make a pushback against the algorithm is just the day in day out consistency yeah consistent content posting you know i've also been um looking at starting i posted it up in the discord um for like marketing stuff i haven't you know i'm ironing out like how i'm going to approach it but um adam ivy put out um that video like kind of running down like kind of a more organic marketing strategy uh-huh and it's basically you going through um, certain hashtags and certain, um, you know, little bit bigger name accounts and basically just trying to um, engage with more and more people in that way. Okay. You know, like um, not just like a random like fire emoji comment or something like that, but, you know, actual like a more meaningful comment and, you know, try and like start conversations with people and be able to have a back and forth like that and have um that sort of wave because i think that's another way you kind of get around getting buried right because if you're always talking and active within like these communities you know these certain set of hashtags within like your niche of whatever you're doing that um more people see your name okay you know what i'm saying like say you like go on um you you're on a hashtag post and you're looking at the comments and you're sitting there talking to some people, Oh, who the fuck is this? Click, you know, and then, you know, whether they like engage with you or not, they at least, you know, see the name and maybe it might take them five, 10 times to see your name. But after those five, 10 times, they might be like, yeah, who the fuck is this dude? <laughs> you know, I see him everywhere, you know, and then, you know, that gets that sort of more organic engagement. Okay. But um, it's a little like the thing is it's a little time consuming to be able to do that. Is that the approach where basically you like you pick some of the hashtags you yourself want to use when you post, you look for them and then you look for posts that use that hashtag and then you engage more organically in them. Is that the, is that the sort of it, uh, it doesn't have to necessarily be the one exact ones that you use but that might help some too um but you know you just kind of go in there and it's a more just kind of a general engagement strategy in a sense it just gets your name out there more and more but it's just like i said it, it seems time consuming like he was basically saying um 30 minute chunks three times a day okay 
in that sense. And, you know, it's good, like, it's a good, like, if you want to grow organically, it's good to, it's definitely worth that time. It's better than, you know, all the other, you know, crap marketing stuff that you find around there. And it seems like, you know, it's a more organic way to approach it. Right. But I mean, it's, you got to be willing to put in that hour and a half every day, you know, and that's not easy for a lot of people. No, I mean, I guess if you were to look at the screen time on your phone, oddly enough, probably an hour and a half a day on Instagram. Most people could probably do it, like if they really, you know, sat there. I mean, you, you, people are probably on Instagram that much, or maybe more. It's just the discipline of like, yeah, making meaningful comments. I think that's probably, I think that's probably the, the, the tough thing because. I know that that works, but me myself, like I want to, that's my MO anyways. Like mm-hmm. even in, even, even in, in the discord for sidechain, like I, I want to say something meaningful to someone. I don't know. Maybe that's the, the maybe that's the teacher in me or <laughs> the former teacher yeah. in me that like, I want to give feedback that I think is valuable instead yeah. of just a one word or just a couple emojis. What was that? Or just a couple emojis. Right, yeah. You know, so I wanna I wanna do something that so a lot of times when I when I do that on something that I legitimately think is, you know, fresh, I'd rather say something that I feel isn't just like a real quick real quick quick blurb or whatever. And mm-hmm. I mean I'll legitimately ask someone a question if I think but um, a lot of people, oddly enough, a lot of people who I think like who I follow, even if they're people like I don't know personally, um, I nine times out of 10 respond to their stories. Mm. And that's how like, you know what I mean? So instead of on a post like this and in a story and I have a question like, oh, where did you get that? Or how did you figure out? Like, I'll just ask them by yeah. responding to their story. And I doubt that that affects the algorithm. It might. Yeah, I, I mean that's considered it engagement, right? Does. Yeah, it 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 does. But the thing is, is that where I feel like it's a little different from the strategy I was talking about is that when you engage with their story, only they see it. Right. You know what I mean, but when it's on like a post and stuff like that, you know, more people, everybody that sees that post and kind of looks through that post will see what you said with it. You know, so it's a so more eyes see the name, and you know. They might not, like I said, they might not, they might just scroll right past it the first five, ten times they see your name, you know, but after that tenth time, they might be like, hey, what the fuck is this? I see him everywhere on everybody's shit, you know? So I think it's kind of like that more um, just getting the name into people's minds. Okay. Yeah, I get you. The, uh, The drip plug in approach. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I I looked up, the, I I finally looked up the uh, the video, the video of uh, Kenny Kenny Beats Twitch stream when when he opens that up and the drip plug and then he flips out because Kyle Kyle keeps donating to him or whatever. <laughs> oh man, God, that was hilarious. The, what's hilarious is the I know they're going fast, but the comments. In his, tw- in his Twitch stream while he's doing that where everybody's like, yeah, dead ass, man. Like, this shit's everywhere. 
Oh yeah, that was hilarious. That hey, was good props set. to him. He's so, making his money, man. Making his yeah. money. Yeah. Who's the, the other day who said like they thought he has to have made like close to a million in that? That was drums in the oh, session last week. He's just like, yeah, man, he's probably made close to like a million dollars off that shit so far. <laughs> That's crazy. But I mean, I mean, not gonna, I'm not going to lie when it, f- so I, I first found out about that plugin when he released it and it was called the sauce. Mm. And then he had to pull it back. Like I had, I had his actual website up with the order page up and then I wanted to hit him up um, maybe through a YouTube video. And I was like, yo, you say this is dope for instruments, blah, blah, blah. But what about samples? I mainly work with samples. So would it even be worth it? Whatever. Hmm. And I didn't hear back from him. Like a day or two later, he pulled the plugin because of the other dude who has a sauce plugin. Hmm. And then, you know, he was like, Oh, I get, you know, I'm going to, gonna come back out whatever and then he comes out with a drip we'll have for many come month or two later or something like that um and i i i don't really think it's something that i would investigate much especially when people said it was just a like a broke rc20 yeah like a knockoff rc20 yeah i mean yeah. I, I already have rc20 yeah yeah so, i mean no, I like RC20. It does the job for what it is, especially more sample based. It's more straightforward for kind of sample based stuff. You know, that the drip seems more like for kind of a more modern esque type production, more trap, more um, melodic stuff like that. Yeah. I got I to gotta admit, I, sometimes I have problems. I get, I, I get the niche and hats off to him for figuring that out but sometimes i stray away from plugins that are too proprietary Mm. you know like when they're when they're um when their presets are just weird names and shit Mm -hmm. but you don't but they're but they're not being transparent on how that's being cooked up Mm. you know like give me something that says this is a flanger and this is a a phaser and it is like side chain to the other or, or whatever because it might take me a while to figure out how that, you know, how one affects the other. But for me and where I'm at, I would rather learn yeah. more, you know, if yeah. I get the drip plug in. Yeah. I mean, I might know, Hey, this preset is going to make this sound dope yeah. and I'll use it, but I'm not going to come out, you know, like any, you know, in knowing anymore, like I've been using RC 20 for a while and I know a little bit more about some of the things that it listen. does because other plugins and other utilities have those things in it. Yeah. And so you if there's ever a time you don't have RC20, you can be like, oh, here, let me throw this fucking reverb in, throw this uh, distortion plugin on it. Um, you know, you could just throw add in all these like little things, so a phaser in it, and you can kind of like recreate the RC20 on yeah, a chain. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I don't know. I mean, you know, you gotta. He's making his. He's making his cheese. So yeah, can't like, blame him for that. No, can't blame. Can't blame him at all. 
No, I mean, that's where, like, kind of what you're talking That's where it's nice, like, being an audio engineer because you can, like, listen to it and just be like, oh, yeah, I know what this, like, you can get those types of plugins and be like, oh, I know what this is doing. This is what this is doing. Right. And stuff like that. But, you know, even still, like, I try and rein myself in with the plugins. You know, I find, like, my core kind of groups for the type of music I'm working with, and I kind of usually stick to those. Uh-huh. You no, know, I don't like... I like if I see something that I really like and then I'm like, Ooh, I need to get like RC 20 was one of those. Like I didn't have RC 20 up until like six, seven months ago or so. And I ran across somebody using it. I'm like, I need that you know, <laughs> because though there's always those couple of plugins that come out, but you know, most of the time, like when it comes to the basic stuff, you know, sometimes, you know, with compressors it's a little different you know sometimes i like to explore like some compressor plugins but as far as like eqs reverbs and stuff like that i keep it relatively in the same lane for certain types of music yeah i um uh... <clears throat> i totally was just about to say something and <laughs> totally lost my thought it's all good i mean it was definitely about plug oh um i was gonna say that like i so another step forward that i took in my own journey of beat making is i i used to just like jump from 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 thing to thing like mm. a little bit of a you know a little bit of a hardware you know, hardware whore, I guess you could say, in that <laughs> I hate to use that word. <laughs> um, <laughs> to go like, I think I I was, I would fall into that trap of thinking like, oh yeah, if I get that thing, it's gonna make my beats better. Mm. It's gonna make me better at beats, whatever you know. So, um, I jumped around from all sorts of controller to controller, whatever, or. You know, if I get the right drum kit, then it's going to set it off or whatever. And, <clears throat> excuse me, not until I started disciplining myself to 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 figure out, like, um, how to tune samples or how to, you know, looking at how to EQ things. And by no means do I feel like I still don't even, I still like feel extremely novice in those things, mm. but I acknowledge them now mm. and I pay attention to them now. So now I, I feel like I can get my beats to a product that sounds acceptable for me to put out there on like Spotify and Bandcamp or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, because I took the, took that time to start learning about like, well, when do you use subtractive Q, EQ? You know, what does a compressor do for that when you do this? Um, and it's funny, do, doing that helped me to slow down with the jumping off on and off hardware and different things. Mm. You know, like for, for a long time, I was using like Akai MPD controllers. Um, and then for a while, I've been using Ableton for about nine years. But I was using like different controllers. The Ableton train. <laughs> yeah, you well, you use you use Logic. 
I did. I jumped around a bit. Um, I started out on FL Studio mm-hmm. about like eight, nine years ago now. And then I got my MPC studio and then I, (laughs) and then I basically used the, the MPC software for that. And then, um, when I got my new setup here and my home studio kind of all settled in and figured out, I got logic and I fucked with that, but it didn't quite do what I wanted it to do. It was missing kind of like a couple different features and stuff like that. So I hopped on the 90 day, um, ableton free trial and i was just like i've been missing out this workflow is so much better for what i want and what i'm looking at yeah you know there's so many it's it's so much more simplified you know like the the track the like the the one hard thing that was a little bit difficult for me to transition to was um the layout for the entire track mm-hmm. you know um like how the you can go in and edit like the all the different parts and stuff of the beat but like once i kind of got that figured out because that was like really different than a lot of other programs like how that specifically works you know how you select and move things around and all that stuff uh but once i kind of got that down it was like this is this is easy this is so much more simple and then you got the the best thing that i found with the clips especially for doing like more lo-fi stuff was the midi capture yeah that was just perfect because i could just like and basically drums kind of put me onto that because i could just fuck around with chops or with whatever drums and everything like that and just oh i really like that but i don't remember what it was exactly (laughs) oh yeah go back and cut it out and you know kind of fuck with it and be like ah there we go that's just what i was looking for i actually remember the i remember the um the video when he found that out mm. because I was, wa- I was watching. It was, uh, it, he was, by this time he wasn't calling beats and chill. He was like calling like slap session or something like that. And, mm. um, he was working and talking and somebody, I had chimed in too, but I think someone chimed in before me like, Oh, you gotta use, you gotta use the MIDI capture. Cause that was new in 10 and uh, live 10. and didn't have it before then. And, he was like, no, what's that? And then they were trying to explain it through the chat. And he was like, oh, he's like, yeah, okay, yeah. Somebody's going to have to hit me off with that, like, you know, DM me, explain what, what, what that is or whatever. Um, and then later on, he started, he started using that. But that is a, that is a, a, is a, is a dope feature. It's kind of funny because I, I probably underuse it because of having gone so long and not ever having it. You know what I'm saying? But it is it is real fresh like to get that opportunity like you know like you do this long string of thing and you can narrow your window and pull it you know back to the different patterns you you know you might have had in that whole long string when you were just screwing around yeah i mean um, even like outside of just the drum stuff like um like some of my non lo-fi stuff like the more modern production stuff that i do like i'll just noodle on the keyboard you know, I got my scale and I'll just noodle and um, I find like a little bits of a melody that I really like. And I'm like, ooh, go back and grab those, you know, and I'm not having to sit here and be like, uh, fuck, what did I do? Did I go? I went from three to five to one. No, fuck. You know? <laughs> so, exactly. It's like, uh, I'll just look it back up and oh, that's what it was. Cool. Yeah. 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 
So, um, but yeah, I jumped, I, I, I jumped around with stuff and I was, um, I was actually using machine as a plugin mm-hmm. into Ableton for a while. Um, cause, uh, machine has some dope packs, man. Like it really, really does. And then I got on a kick where I was like, Oh, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get an NPC and cause I never had one. And at this point in time, I was like, you know, maybe I can, now I can probably afford a used one. So that, that boom bag group I was in actually dude had one. He had a, he had a, uh, a thousand NPC a thousand. Mm. And so we had decided basically to swap. I was going to send him my machine micro and, uh, he'd send me the, the, the thousand he sent it and the shit didn't work like the shit was like the shit was the shit was busted and that's fucked when i hit him up about it he was like oh man really that's what he was like you know it was working it was working and i was like well did you did you get insurance on it whatever and he was like well yeah i did and so he he did an insurance claim for it and mm-hmm. then he sent me that money so I basically rehabbed it. Like I opened it up, watched YouTube videos, replaced a couple things, got like the thick fat, fat pads, new buttons for it. I've got a um, new side plates or the new side plates for it. Got a skin, got to um, put one of the, one of the like flip up tilt screens and put JJOS on it and all this stuff, whatever. And did that. And then I had a, had a buddy who was really good at NPCs and he, um over facebook message taught me taught me some stuff so i started messing with that for a while and then i figured out i was like this is dope like this sound is it's just a sound that you it's very difficult to get anywhere else mm-hmm. but i was like man it's, it takes too damn long to make a beat this way you know what i'm saying like by the time you get in that man like i never really fucked too much with like too much hardware you know i have my mpc studio but that's kind of like half hardware half software right yeah and now like getting into ableton you know if i got my drums and samples lined up you know i can just all day just oh yeah hook them up. yeah i mean i got I mean, i'm sure you're like me i got it every project is i got a template i start from you mm-hmm. know and i got like my serato sample ready to go i've got my i've got oh. favorite like Chain, plus, you know. code, man, for sample. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So it's just when I figured that I was like, man, it takes too damn long to make this, make a beat in MPC, and um. So a, a buddy at the time was he was like, you ever thought about the push? And I was like, no, nah, man, I never thought about the push. You know, I was like, I've I've used some launch pads and some other stuff, whatever. But now. I was like, that's too expensive. And he was like, look, he was like, you, you've been using Ableton for a long time. He's like, are you committed to it? And I was like, yeah, I'm not switching. Um, he was like, if you really like it, then you got to mess with the push because you can do almost everything with it. Everything that you can do in Ableton, you pr- pretty much can do from that. You've already got this time invested. Just give it a shot. So sold the NPC, got a push, and I've not looked back. Like, literally, have not had any desire to use any sort of other control triggering surface. Yeah, that's so, what I'm getting at is the push now. 
you know, I'm just waiting to pull the trigger, you know, I, because my MP, ever since I switched into Ableton, my studio has become just paper, a paperweight. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, the, the, it's kind of like you're, what you were doing with the machine, you know, you had the plugin open and it works with it, but it, I can't do the MIDI capture. So that, oh, really? Yeah, no, because it's only like within the MPC plugin, and then you export, you kind of like record it out. Oh, okay. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. You export, you can export the MIDI or you can export the wave, but you can't capture it into Ableton. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah that's how machine was. It was kind of janky. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I swear by this thing. And I don't make too many like concrete statements, but I feel as though the only thing that will make me give this up is if and when they make a push three and I have sufficient evidence that it's significantly doper than this, which I feel like is hard to do. Yeah. Um, because I'm like, what, where would you go? I know tech was talking about like how they, <laughs> how they, somebody leaked that fake um, <laughs> push three <laughs> and I got hyped for it at some point too, but but even in my mind, I was like, when they were like, oh, it looks like it's going to be standalone. And I'm thinking to myself, I just don't know, man. Like, you'd have to, I feel like you'd have to put a massive screen on that thing mm. to do Ableton standalone, you know? And even then, like, then that means that, you, that then that means you're saying you're going to make Ableton work. And Ableton's pretty deep software, like, work. So it means it has to have the CPU, has to have the cooling, has to have the, the RAM, has to have the storage to be able to do all that. And I'm like, I just don't know. Ableton's weird because they don't, they hold their cards pretty close to the, ch- to the vest. Mm-hmm. They don't go to NAM. I don't think they've ever gone to NAM. They don't, you know, they do a software update, like, like a large software update, like, <sighs> maybe every three or four years or whatever, you know, um, this is the, this is the second Ableton specific controller they made. And technically you can call it the first, cause the first push really was made by Akai. Akai. Mm. Like, um, Akai made the, the, they did the physicals on it yeah. with Ableton's tutelage. Yeah. And then after that, Ableton was like, we think we can do this by ourselves. And they did, and they made one significantly doper. Yeah. Um, so I just I don't know what their plans are. They don't do anything like that. Like they don't, you know, they don't leak stuff. They'll just be like, "Boom, this is it." And yeah. they don't put things out very, you know, very often. I'd... Yeah, that's kind of my worry. Like I, I feel like knowing my luck, I would just like just buy the push two and then like, <laughs> push three, and I'd be like, "God damn!" It. Be like the next day. Yeah. Oh, so yeah i mean that's the only thing that i would um it's like yeah i used to i I even for a while i was using uh are you familiar with the midi fighters name sounds familiar um they're these in they're these encoders i wonder if i can find it share my screen and they're kind of cool they're like a i mean they they started off as like a little boutique shop type thing Hmm. And there are these in um, uh, 
me share my screen. Oh, did you? Yeah, you know, it says you disabled. Oh, the screen share. I didn't even know how to go into change that. Oh, there we go. All right. Yeah, what is going on? I, I switched to Catalina. <laughs> Catalina, like, it's all this weird stuff. Like, they ask you to do everything now. Yeah, that's why I always wait to fucking update my shit like that. Wait for them to fix all those fucking bugs. System preferences. So what is it mainly about? Yeah, well, I just, this is weird. Um, there we go. Uh, so there are these, they're, they're like, the first ones were basically, they were like video game, uh, like, like video game buttons in yeah. a controller, you know? So their like their first one, which I don't think they make anymore, it looked like um, it was weird. It almost looked like a weird like joystick, but with buttons like this. And then mm. they made this um twister where it's a their rotary encoder faders, mm. and then they made the sixty four, which is like basically like a launch pad. But they're they're clicky like video game buttons, but they're they're sweet. They come with like a pretty basic template, and then you can map them to <clears throat> excuse me map them to whatever um you know they're they're kind of cool so like if you're doing things software wise um you can like i was mapping a lot of my effects like a lot of the sp like yeah. effects that i like to use yeah. i was mapping to that midi fighter twister the one with the encoders hmm. and then after a while i was like you know what i can do that with the push yeah and good so then i just sold that off and I was like so I mean really like I have a I've got a complete keyboard the Naver Instruments complete keyboard the smallest one mm. like the 25 key I have that I just got that a few months ago but it's really pretty much that and the push too and and I'm straight like I pretty much do everything out <clears throat> out of that but yeah, I mean, right now I'm basically only working off my MPK Mini. <laughs> you know, it's my people, people cook up like some people cook up crazy stuff with those. Like, it's a very popular controller. Mm -hmm. You know, like yeah, like I'm thinking about it now. I could probably go in there and map um, my MPC Studio to it, just as just a MIDI controller, kind of like an MPD mm -hmm. type of pads. Yeah, that's not a bad idea, you know, thinking about it. I just, I never really got into the whole, um, the MIDI settings and the macro settings and all that stuff. 
but I mean, wouldn't hurt to kind of dig into it though. Dude, I'm telling you, map, mapping in Ableton is super easy. Have you ever mapped anything? Not really. No. It is so, it's so freaking easy. Like, I'm trying to think if I can show you. Um, so, if, look, I got, I got something in the bus or whatever. I bet you I got, okay, so up here, when you click on MIDI, it turns things purple. Mm. And that means they're ready to be like, you know, affected or whatever. Yeah. And so like, if I want to do this frequency, I got to click on it. And I don't know if you can see that, but these little handlebars come around it. Mm. And then you just, whatever button you want to map, you, you got to like, you move it on your, on your controller. I'm trying to think if I can. No, that's dope. Um, And then once you move it on the controller, it's like, and once the controller moves it, I don't know why the hell it's not picking up my thing. Like, okay, so now I made a liar out of me. Um, <laughs> under other circumstances, yeah, it would be that that easy that it would it would just whatever knob you twist or whatever. Hmm. There it is. Huh. So you can see it moving. So I've got, I'm just switching that on, on a knob. And then you turn the MIDI off. And then now that thing is mapped, is mapped to that. And you can do that with any, like if, if it's if it's Ableton and if it's a knob, then you can do that with any knob. But um, you can, nine times out of 10, anything that has 16 pads should be automatically mapped to like the things like the drum the drum rack because that's 16 and i think the the lower like the um, note i tried like when i first like got into ableton i tried um having stuff loaded in like it I, when i would hit pads it would correspond to the drum rack but they would be all randomly placed it was weird it didn't just go one, two, three, four, five, six, and up the and up the row. It was like one was like fucking pad fifteen, you know, and two was you know eight, and you know it was just a bunch of like weird placements with it. Right. That's it. So the um, by default it starts off on. I know this won't sound because my audio engine engine is off, but the lower right hand corner, I think one down is supposed to be like it's like C one, mm. and then I believe on if you press A on your key on your actual physical keyboard, on your um, uh, it will um, that one will it'll like snap it so that C one becomes this low this lower left hand button down here but these along the side these are just these are just octaves mm -hmm. and I'm, i've got to admit i become spoiled because like um the what's his face the push has a button on it that you can go up and down octaves uh, so you can so like it had it has so i guess one two three four five, six, seven eight so it has basically eight 
different, you know, octaves. So, I mean, so you could, I've got like, when I fill it, I fill these up. So I make my drum kits by dragging in, I also have a folder mm-hmm. and I drag in the, um, turn on the sound. You hear that? Uh, no. Nope. All right. Um, oh, I, maybe I'm not. It's because I'm not sharing my sound too. But anyhow, um, I just drag in from my outside folder mm-hmm. all and my them up. all my sounds, and then so I've got a ton of them, and then I can go up and down the octave, yeah, or whatever, and then. Now, do you do it like uh, each channel by kick and snare, and you just have like your drum kits like by snare? Or do you like to mix it up? I like to I like to mix them up. So I have like normally what I do for each set of sixteen is I I, I have um like these two. What the hell is my um those the two bottom ones down there? They are uh kicks but they're the the same kick but but transposed like so this one will be Mm. transposed down yeah um like one step and this one will be up a step this one this is the same kick but same concept there then i have four different snares here and then i have these top these are all hats but the same concept where it's like this hat and this hat are the same but transposed Hmm. that's Uh, a way to approach it yeah so i just i don't do a ton of finger drumming yeah um it's just i like to have that i like to have all that shit there you know whatever mm-hmm. and the funny thing is and i and i like to be able i like to be able to play things like so if i'm you know i mean i'm not doing a ton of finger drumming but if i want to play out an idea i'm playing the kicks and the snare mm-hmm. getting the idea down if i i might end up using a hat a hat kick and a snare all from the same kit and lay it down but for mixing purposes i'm gonna pull that out yeah you know what i mean like i'm gonna pull that out so it has its own track because then i'm gonna send that track to a different bus Mm -hmm. to treat you know the kick on its own or whatever have a reverb on the snare and that stuff right yeah like i i'm so i use kind of um a bit of a modify this is i guess i like to call this a a drums dust mite influenced uh, (laughs) um template because a lot of what i do is very influenced from drums first two or three videos in sidechain yeah so but then um i still was my my sidechaining sound was not i wasn't getting some of the effects that i wanted so i was uh, hit up dust mite because I like his sound and he told me how he did things but basically I throw all my drums to a drums group and then I've got the the slate virtual rack I actually have a, a, a waves tape plugin but it's disabled because when I switch to my new computer waves is being <laughs> janky and like their whole licensing thing is weird yeah and then this RX950, which is kind of emulates a little bit of the MVC crunch, and then this bit warmer thing. So all the drums come through there. 
but then the individuals like I've got a bus for kicks which has this SPL transient um, mm -hmm. shaper on it and then EQ cutting out some of the you know carving out some of the frequencies that I don't necessarily need I use this com bear because I think I use it in lieu of something because the com bear is oh sausage fattener com mm -hmm. bear is basically a free sausage fattener okay um sausage fattener used to be free yeah and then also they started feeling themselves that it was <laughs> right yeah and then like they're like oh we're gonna charge 40 dollars for it and i was like i'm not i used to have oddly enough i used to have it somehow lost it and then i got this com bear um because it's the same thing and then a mono so that's the kicks the snares just carving out stuff by itself the hat is carving out stuff and then there's that uad cooper thing that drums liked mm. for oh, the delay yeah yeah um power effect yeah yes and so and then i've got a couple i have this this the i call this the haas my haas effect uh bus so basically my sample gets sent here and i got a mix rack um kind of carving out some of the compressing some stuff and carving out a little bit of a, a little bit of low end mm -hmm. I got a Cooper on here, separating with some the delay, and then I use a glue compressor, and this is what Dust might kind of hit me to. So he was like, basically, <clears throat> um, you can. He's like, you can take take your take your sample, your main melody, your sample, and then I run that to here, and then side chain it against the whole drum group, mm. and then I come back to the sample itself like on the actual track itself and then um i side chain it to the kick now in this particular one i'm only using a drum break i don't have a separate kick yeah. but if i did i would normally do that um interesting and so the combination of the two helps to give a little bit more of that side chainy you know feel i don't want to yeah. say pumping you know not like edm but you give me like yeah yeah of, of, of whatever your main sample is that's interesting. No, I'll have to try that because I was trying to, I always found like when I switched over to Ableton, how simple it was to sidechain stuff. It was crazy simple to sidechain it, you know, because you could just load up, um, throw a compressor on the sample track and go to town, just load it right in, have, you know, even in drum rack, you can specifically kick, uh, pick this, the kick sound that you want and just yes. side chain it right to that. Yeah, I didn't realize <clears throat> a friend of mine tried to show me Studio One because uh, he uses that. And he was like, yeah, for Studio One, this is what I do. And basically, you have to like, you have to like create a duplicate track mm -hmm. and then do all your side chaining and they're like, send the signal there. Yep, yep. Something with like Pro Tools and Logic and stuff like, well, Logic is... I guess with Pro Tools and stuff like that, it's it's a little more simplified, but it's still kind of a convoluted process. Like Ableton is just a lot more straightforward. Like, bam, you know, throw the compressor on, take the signal. This is what you're taking it from. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't I'm good. I just. I mean, there's some things. That, there's some things about Ableton that maybe aren't necessarily simplistic. I don't know. Maybe if it's if you're maybe if you're foreign to it but i feel like 
most of it is once, especially once you get familiar. Um, I know, obviously, I'm a homer on it. I've been using it, so I'm going to tout it. But it's crazy to me because I feel like it's the one piece of software that people will do everything in. Yep. You know, like it, the the sequencer is is awesome. You know, um, it you can mix in it. The you know the the mixing functions are pretty versatile. Um, a lot of the stock racks and and plugins in it are pretty sufficient. And then there are people who DJ with it, mm-hmm. which is you know which is which is crazy. Like people, oh. yeah. Like there's like there's templates like to set up your. It looks totally different than a beat making template, but you know in a beat making software like you can run up a DJ set. So which is kind of funny because I think Ableton gave birth to MIDI controller DJs. Mm. Um, a lot of people like using MIDI controllers to like fire <clears throat> effects and you know samples and stuff like while, you know while they're DJing um, and getting away from the traditional CD DJ or whatever. Um, and there's literally there's nothing else that can do all that. There's no other software that will allow you to do all that. Nope. Not because of that one drawback is they Ableton will not is not um, coded to handle more than one CPU core. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you know most computers now have multiple cores because it's so cheap to do so. But when Ableton's working, it's only one core. Um, that mm. but the people have been crying for multi-core support for a long time. I finally figured out like an article a year ago, why? Because Ableton's like, we want, we call this whole software live for a reason. Our whole goal was like, we, whatever you, you do, we want you to be able to plug that joint in in front of a crowd and play it straight out the software. Mm-hmm. And if we support multi, multi-cores, then you're going to start introducing latency and it's not going, it's no longer going to be able to serve that purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So that's whatever what, we uh, make the software do, we make it do it so that you can pull that off in front of a crowd. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the main reason why Ableton hasn't been taken up by um, a lot of recording engineers or sessions and stuff like that. Because it seems like it would be great for that. But I mean, we only got the single core processing. That's, oof. If you're trying to record a band or get a track down like that and trying to like mix it all down and have all these different takes and have all the different shit like that, that sounds just like a fucking headache. Yeah. 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 Nobody wants to deal with all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me. That's interesting. You know, like I haven't really dived too much into Ableton. You know, my stuff is pretty simplistic at the moment. Um, you know, but it gets the job done for what I need. You know, I want to, I really haven't dug in and fully set up a full template. Mm-hmm. You know, I've just been kind of fucking around with what I can do. Um, and honestly, I'm almost fucking with, um, I want to figure out a way, like get it to where I can have all my drum sounds separate, but I'm almost kind of digging it just as like, if I'm so, you know, choosy with my sounds, I can um, just keep it all into one drum rack and just run with it from there. 
Yeah. You know, like I never really have too much of a problem. Like if my sound selection is on point, you know, I feel like I can work out any kinks on using it just as like a group, you know, from that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, it, it really gives you a lot of like the whole, like the sins, the, the, you know, the sins or the bus feature or whatever on it allows you to do a ton, mm. you know, and there, I mean, there are some people who are like, oh no, like, you know, you know I'm going to throw a bunch of plugins in on the track itself. And obviously, you know, that makes sure it's going to affect your whole signal or whatever, as opposed to if you, you know, send it and you got it mixed um, or the group, I mean, just, you have a variety Mm-hmm. of what you can do and i've been using this software for like about eight years or so and maybe nine i first forget if i jumped to ableton in 11 and 2011 or 12 but i wager to say that i probably i probably use 50 to 60 percent of its capacity of what it can do mm. you know and i'm probably only aware of like there's probably at least 30% of stuff it can do that. I don't even know that it can do, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and honestly, um, if you look at like a lot of people who have like stuff on YouTube or even a lot of stuff, Ableton themselves put out there, there's a ton of people doing EDM type stuff. So they have some humongous tracks and I'm, it's, unlikely that i'm gonna have stuff like that you know yeah like well, i mean especially I'm, the type of stuff that you know you're making you know like it's pretty straightforward a lot of the time you know you got your sample chops you got your drums and you know maybe maybe not you got some bass lines underneath it right yeah you know and then throw some effects on top of that and then that's you got a track you know it's not like an edm track where you have you know five different instruments in just this one section then you got the drop here then you got all these other new instruments in this other section and it just builds and builds on each other you know i mean with that with that genre i can see like you'd be definitely be able to see the full capacity of ableton oh yeah yeah because i think when the when you first which version do you have um the the 10 live okay Cause it's like, you know, I feel, I feel, it's been a while since I bought it. So it's like sweet and then like standard or whatever. But yeah. you know, when you first get it and open it up, like there's a, there's a, um, like a demo track in it. Mm-hmm. Have you ever opened that up? Yeah. I, I remember opening up the first time I got it. Okay. That thing is bananas. Like, yeah. That thing, <laughs> that thing is crazy. Cause they're, and, and you know, it makes sense. They're, they're showing you like, this is what it can do. And you know, I mean, there's, I've never, I've never really dabbled much in like envelopes in mm. Ableton, but that's a huge, you know, you know, power that people, you know, you, you know, utilize. I just really honestly started to get into automation in the last year mm. or two with, you know, automating, you know, plugins and stuff like that. Um, and recording those automations uh, for my final product and my song. But yeah, the stuff, the, you know, stuff that's capable. And don't get me wrong. I mean, maybe I could go there one day. I feel like I I want to get better at music theory. Um, 
understand the concepts I used to sing way back in the day, but um, but I that like, rabbit I don't, hole goes deep. What's that? That rabbit hole goes deep. It does. It does. Like um, James two from Sidechain. Mm-hmm. He he. A couple of weeks ago, he hit me up. Um, I think maybe because I was commenting on like his the tracks that he was playing in the zoom session are like so melodically colorful. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, like your tracks, like they make me feel good. Like, and so he was, he hit me up on the, on the DM and he started talking about like frequency color and stuff like that. But he was also talking about, he's like, are you familiar with the, the Camelot wheel a bit? Which other people call it a wheel of fifths, I think, mm-hmm. but circle of fifths. And I never heard that term Camelot wheel, but he showed, he explained to me, he was like, well, you know, if you, you know, look at this wheel and you, you know, you have these sections, which would in theory, in theory would be keys, I guess. And then how like is anything adjacent is going to probably work well with that. And he hit me to mixed in key. So I, I grabbed mixed in key actually grabbed the mixed and key plugin that sits inside your DAW. And then I grabbed the mixed and key software where you can sort all your music that's on your computer. Mm. And so I got, I have just tons and tons of samples that I already have like trimmed to whatever. And he's like, you can pull that all in. So you pull it all in and it finds the key of all those things. So he's like, you know, if you want to use, because my, my typical is to, chop a sample and then replay it until it sounds good to me mm-hmm. I'm sticking within that but he's like you know if you want to bring in other samples you can layer right like he's like you want to look for those adjacent keys that work blah 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 so I've been dabbling in that and then also trying to use that concept of like okay well I know if that's the key now I'm going to grab this instrument and reactor or one of the Ableton stock instruments set it to that key and see if I can play around, you know, with getting something that will complement it. That's not a sample, you know? Mm. Um, so, I mean, I hope to, I want that to, I want that to, to, you know, to grow. I love sampling mm. and I'll probably always use it to some degree, but if I can start using more instruments too. Yeah. I'm just thinking like how, if the RX eight and seven, if they get better with the, the, the stem splitting, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like imagine the the possibilities with that you know that the combination of you know having the key of everything yeah. plus being able to split the stems so you can just go in just be like hey i really like the vocals on this track yeah you know, and I, I already got this chop over here you know let's go take the vocals out of this and fucking slap it in right on top of that like that's right your, that just blows the doors open for the potential for sampling like really yeah yeah they'll get there soon very soon Mm. do you have rx8 or 7 i got rx7 okay yep i've been i've been using this uh neural dj from dj from algorithm neural mix yeah neural mix yeah so so basically i've just so i've just been using the trial the the trial i i don't think there's an end to the trial like you can just throw it on there Hmm. and use it the thing is is it won't let you export uh, but it'll let you pull the, it'll let you pull the faders down to get the acapella or just get the music mm-hmm. 
So what I do is um, do you use what do you use a Mac or Windows? I got a Mac. Mac. So I use some software called Audio Hijack. Are you familiar with it? I've heard of stuff like that. Yeah. So basically, it'll like it'll allow you to record. Like you can set an Audio Hijack whatever you want to record from like you can narrow it down to say i want to record all the sound that comes out of this particular piece of software hmm. or you can say i want to record everything that's coming from the system sound so if you want to record from your web browser or this particular whatever so i just set audio hijack to that neural pro and play it and i've pulled down the drums or whatever I pulled, hmm. you know and so i've been making some acapellas or pulling all the vocals and drums off of stuff and trying to work with some of the samples there now because i don't have rx7 or 8 i don't have it a side-by-side comparison to the quality Mm. but even if i were to buy the neural pro it would be 50 dollars um whereas rx8 on sale i think is what a buck 99 maybe yeah something like that i mean it's it's you know just to get it just for the stem splitting it's a pretty pricey plug-in you know I, i like it um I use RX7 to clean up vocals all day. Okay. You know, like that is my go-to before I start any mixing. Like that is um, what it does for vocals is amazing. It de-clicks, uh, de-breaths, um, you know, cleans up a bunch of like background noise and shit like that. Uh-huh. You know, it's just all around like great for, you know, cleaning up audio files. I might, I might bite the bullet and do it. See, I just got, um, I was doing Ozone 9 off of Splice. Mm. And then I was like, man, I'm going to keep paying for this, like, you know, monthly. Like, I, Ozone is typically my last step before I, before I, um, I'm going to listen on different surfaces and then I decide if I'm going to um, send it to streaming or whatnot. Mm. So I'm like, I know I'm going to use this. So let me just cop this. And I had Ozone 8. Um, I'd actually bought a student copy off of eBay, but it was a legit license. Mm-hmm. So in my isotope thing, they have uh, upgrade deals where it's like, oh, you have this, so you can upgrade. So it's like, oh, okay, I can upgrade to the ozone standard for pretty cheap. And so I was like, let me do that. And then like two weeks later, they, maybe not even, maybe like a week later, they came out, they were like, oh, we have the music production bundle, which has um, R- is an RX-8 standard in it and ozone. Um and then some other things like yeah, like, neutron and nectar and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah, I got yeah. that whole bundle. Um, was it around like April or so, April May, and that was saved me tons of money. Oh my god, I got the bundle on sale too, and it was like five hundred for the whole thing. I got um, ozone nine advanced, neutron advanced. You know the whole nine yards with that, and man, those isotope man as far as like modern style mixing is like my go-to i i can't beat the fucking how clean and how just smooth everything is yes yeah i agree totally i that's ozone has helped me ozone has helped me understand things like um like like spacing and imaging Mm-hmm. Um, oddly enough, they seem to be like one of very few imaging plugins. Mm-hmm. Like I don't understand that, like why there aren't more. 
but that's a go-to for me. Um, and they're um, like they're exciting. They're exciter and limiter. Oh yeah, they're exciter. Like I, they're exciter for everything on so much shit. Yeah, yeah. It just I mean like um, like it's dope. Like you can put your like you can you can dial in the 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 LUFs or LUFS that you want, you know, for your, cause like there's like, there's been um, compilations that I've submitted to where they're like, Oh, you know, so shit's not all over the place. We need you guys to have it, mm-hmm. you know, at least negative 11 LUFs or whatever. Um, and that that's difficult to do in other places. Like there's so much that it does. And um you know, or like the mastering assistant. Mastering assistant is actually pretty freaking good. Yeah, you know, so, it's a good. It good gives you a good kind of layout of um, what you know mastering kind of entails. Yeah, knowing how to kind of approach it, and then you can kind of take that and work your own little stuff into it. Um, but yeah, as far as like um, look into um insight too from Isotope for a little bit more in depth on like the the metering. Cause they'll give you, um, it's like this whole, um, kind of metering plugin that Isotope has that I, I also got that in the bundle with things and it basically will read, um, the peak LUFs, um, the running LUFs or the, the kind of the average and they'll do, uh, the average of it, you know? Um, okay. And so you have like th- these three different meters and you can go in and go like, uh, you know, US radio or commercial or TV oh. or, you know, it goes even other countries like Canada, Australia, radio regulations and shit like that. And you can go in and just, you know, masters like specifically to um, the audience that you're going for. Yo, that's mad crispy. That's okay. Wow. I don't have I don't never stumbled upon that. Yeah, I mean it really like as you know for what we're kind of doing it's not it's kind of um uh overkill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean if you're like an engineer and you're like heavy into, you know, doing stuff like that, it's a nice it's definitely a nice kind of tool to have in your toolbox. Okay. Are so when you when you master a track for for someone are you what's your what are you using like what's your last step or i maybe let me pull that back are you mastering or are you only mixing for for people i do some mastering i'm kind of getting my feet wet in it you know um it's you know i didn't really dive into mastering until i really got a hold of the mixing aspect of things but um you know, mostly like as I've dived into mastering, it's almost, I hate to say it, but to me anyway, it seems a little bit more straightforward than mixing. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's a lot more. The thing is, is what, where it's hard is the ear training. That's the hard part about mastering because it's really intricate, small tweaks and you got to be able to, you know, hear what you're really doing to the whole thing as a total 
Right. No, but with mixing, there's so many more different elements. There's so many more different things you can do. You can get lost in, you know, learning about mixing. Yeah. But with the mastering where it really comes in, where the skill really is, is in the ear. Like how well you can really hear these little tiny changes that you're making. Because, you know, most people, you know, I think it was, um, I forget where I read this, but it was like some study that people had done with um, level testing and stuff like that. And most people only hear a difference in um, decibels after 2 dB, you know, plus or minus. Mm -hmm. But with mastering, you're mostly working under 2 dB changes. Yeah, very, very slight. Mm-hmm. So it's like to the non-trained ear. Yeah. So if you're not noticing like what you're really boosting or cutting and stuff like that, and you can't really like, you know, be like, okay, I'm boosting, you know, four to 600 Hertz, you know, I, and I'm specifically listening. I know like in my head what range that's in. And so you got to be like, okay, I'm listening specifically in this range and what this boost does for this range. You know, so it's more, um, like it's a lot more of the ear training aspect okay. than it is like a technical hands-on, you know, do this, do that part. Right. Yeah, my, uh, my boy who, the one I was saying back in the day pretty much taught me how to make beats. He, um, he actually, he went to full sale, mm. um, for music production and um, music production, composition, and management. Mm. And um, he, so he, he, he works with some artists. He's in Maryland and he works with some, some artists he's trying to develop. And he said, he's like, I love, he's like, I love mixing. He's like, but when he gets to the mastering, he's like, it's like, I don't even want to, he's like, I don't want to even want to do it. Not, not because I can't, but it's like, it's like almost almost scared. Like he was like, if I, if I mix something, I don't want to master that thing. Mm. I'd rather have someone else do it. You know, mm. um, you know, which is interesting. But he said the same thing. He's like, mixing is like, you, you know, you you build up those muscles as you do it, but there's still an art form to it of knowing how to react to the track and what to do with it. But mastering is a lot more like kind of like a, a fine line, a, a fine standard across the board. You're trying to, you know, address in the very, you know, very tiny and tiny changes here and there and whatnot. Um, yeah. I mean, really like, it's just kind of, for me with mastering, it's just been kind of grab the bull by the horns and run with it. You know, you got to just kind of learn as you go, you know, cause you're not going to be able to learn the mastering aspect of it. If you never really go and do it or try to, you know, dive into it, you know, and I also think like, you know, me going to school for mixing and audio engineering and stuff like that, there's always that stigma about mastering. You know, it seems like such a big, you know, lofty, you know, uh, ivory tower kind of type thing. But like, once you really like dig your fingers into it, it's not like that how do I put it? I don't want to say it's not that difficult, but it's not as intimidating okay. as it seems like when you go into it from just like a purely mixing standpoint. 
Okay. You know, it's it's still difficult to do and difficult to train your ear to understand that. But the only way you're going to learn that is by just doing it and repeatedly doing it and doing it and seeing what the result is. Right. Okay. You no, know, because like I always like to think like with engineering in general, like yes, there are certain industry standards for how shit should sound, but at the same time, there's no right or wrong way to do it. You know, it's all mostly subjective. You know, as long as for me with mastering, you know, most of the time, you know, yeah, it would be nice to have a nice crispy clean track and have everything in the right place and you know have it sound like other tracks on the radio and stuff like that but as long as that shit hits the same um loudness as and you know it fits in with the other tracks on the album or ep or whatever project you're working on as long as it meshes in good with that and creates a solid sound of the project that to me is more the main goal of mastering you know because you know, like I've been around a different amount of engineers and stuff like that. And they always want the cleanest, you know, the best mix or the best sound and all that stuff. And then it's just like, at the end of the day, that's all subjective anyway. Right. You know, some people like, you know, especially like you talk about lo-fi stuff, you know, people love that grit, you know, that, that graininess, that, that kind of, it gives it a lot different character to it. You know, I mean, like don't get me wrong i like a nice clean polished pop track as a mix as much as the next engineer but you don't have to keep yourself in that box you know and just be like it has to be like perfectly clean and stuff like that there's certain you got to know what kind of genre what kind of thing you're trying to create or emote through the sound of it that's the main goal not just have it be the best sound you can make it be so a question so are you are you putting music out on anything like on any are you putting any beats out like on a band camp or streaming or anything like that not at the moment basically i was going to start doing it as soon as i finished up the beat challenge so I could have consistent content like right after that and just be like, oh, here's a beat. This is the links. Here's another beat. This is the links. So here's my, here's my question. Um, how, when you get to that point, like maybe not necessarily the beat challenge, cause you're, you're doing that and you put it on like, you know, IG or whatever, mm-hmm. but where, what, what's your process when you're like, okay, this is, this is ready like from a from a like a listening standpoint like i mean i'm seeing your room like i'm assuming part of it might be treated but yeah, I got, clearly not the whole thing is uh i mostly got my corners i got a couple i got a good amount of acoustic pads up um i got a couple diffusers on the back wall you can't really see them here but um yeah i could treat it a little more i plan on putting a couple diffusers on the ceiling in here too um but I mean, at the same time, like I've learned that like, as long as the room is basically treated for echoes, you know, if you learn your, I feel like it's more important to learn your room than for it to be, you know, decked out and treated. Right. You know, cause if you can make a mix that translates to 
bunch of different platforms in your car, the, you know, some work radio, you know, shit like a little boom box to your phone to, you know, whatever else other system you can find to play your music on. If it translates for what you're hearing in your room, the same to those different um, systems, you're good. Okay. You know, so like if you know that your room has a um, a little bit of a boost, like my room I've noticed um, is a little bit lacking in um, the bass response in my room. Like because some of the times like I'll have a kick drum like kind of coming through my speakers and then I'll go take it in the car, which has a sub and the thing is fucking banging. <laughs> <laughs> like way too loud. And so when I'm mixing, I'm conscious of that. Okay. You know, so I know that, okay, it sounds like this in here to me, but I know when I, when it translates to other systems, it's not going to be exactly the same as what I'm hearing in the hotspot. Right. And I think like that's more important to know than to have a, you know, cleanly treated room because even in some of the most professional studios, you know, and well put together, well designed studios. Like we had um where I went to school, um, the studio up there was designed, uh, I don't know if you know the name, but Bob Ludwig, he's like a huge master. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he's based out of Portland or or I'm at and um he's he's done so many so so many like he has more Grammys than he knows he has. Like, really, <laughs> it's crazy, really. Um, but yeah, he owns uh, Peerless Mastering um, right there in Portland. And um, he went in and completely designed the whole studio, the whole control room space for the school I went to. And that room has some problems. <laughs> like, and that had, you know, that was a good amount of money put into it and all this stuff like that. And it's still has issues you know so you can treat and treat and treat and you know adjust all you want there's still going to be some issues that don't translate to outside of that studio right so really like to kind of reel it back and answer the beginning of that question is that um how do i know when it's ready is when it translates to these different systems okay good like if I can take, if I can bounce a mix or even a master for that case um, and take it, you know, to my car, on my phone, you know, whatever other system I can find around right. and it translates well and I like the sound of it and it feels good. Good. We're good. That's, that's the, I like to ask that question of people, especially people who are like, Either I know a, they have mixing and engineering training or people whose sound I like, mm -hmm. you know, because I like from the products that they put out. And I think part of that comes from just me overanalyzing the shit out of the stuff that I, you know, that I do or whatever, because so like I will, if I get to something, I'm like, okay, I want to release this or if it's like a beat tape or something like that. And then I, and I get to the point where I start listening to those mixes. Um, 
I have like I have a, I have a, a, a Bluetooth speaker, like an Amazon Bluetooth speaker, mm-hmm. that I just take the aux of it and plug it into my headphone output jack on my uh, UAD, mm-hmm. and I'll listen to it through that and turn my monitors off, and or throw it in Google Drive and listen on my phone or whatever, um, and then listen with like a pair of Apple earbuds. Which mm-hmm. I've now found seems to like up the bass response in them. Yeah, some of those you got to be careful with some of the headphones, be like especially like Beats headphones and stuff like that too. Yeah, they specifically EQ'd certain ways that um, that make it sound better, you know, for the general consumer. But as a, a mix, trying to get a clean, you know, a, a baseline or straight or flat response isn't the best reference place. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I um, I've also used like my trying to think who makes them. J maybe it's J Lab makes these kid headphones mm. that I both my daughters have. They're actually pretty nice little you know over the ear over the kid ear headphones. Mm-hmm. And I'll listen on those um, because because they're kid headphones. They're not like you know. They don't have the bass like you know referencing skyrocketed on them like yep. you would like something else, and then I'll take it to the car. And my car is crazy because my so <laughs> so I used to have uh, like a Honda Elantra, and that thing had like four speakers, and two of them were were busted. So I was really was like two speakers, and I I when I finally had to get a new car last year, I got a. Honda Insight, which is kind of like a Civic almost. And that joint has 10 speakers in it. So it's like you, like you take something like, you know, listen to it on the phone and it go in there's like 10 speakers. Now I'm here and I'm like holy shit, it's like sounds so totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you're playing something that's like 10 speakers placed all around you, it's a lot different than... Yeah, the stereo field really comes into play. What's that? The stereo field really comes into play when you got the, that many speaker placements. Right, yeah, and then you know, and then there's you know down the down into the whole ideology of like, well, what are you, what what are is your audience listening on, mm-hmm. you know, and nine times out of ten they're going to be listening on their phone or a computer because they're probably listening through Instagram or Spotify or something like that, you know. Well, you'd be surprised how many people listen to the car. I feel like the car is the number one place. Cause that's basically my final test, you know, cause I listen to a lot of like professional music, like in the car, you know? So if I can reference, you know, so I can like put it in the car, like, okay, I can hear, I know what other people's vocals sound like in the car, you know, and I can listen back into something that I mix down and be like, okay, the vocals are a little bit uh, thin on the low end. You know, so I can go back and, you know, reference that and, you know, kind of do it back and forth with that. And I think it's really like from a mixing perspective, whatever the most you listen to other people's mixed stuff, you know, stuff that you really like and really kind of want to um, uh, imitate in a sense as far as the mix goes, mm-hmm. is, you know, just whatever you listen to music on the most reference with that use that as your last reference okay 
because you're going to realize what's different really quickly, especially if you kind of go back and forth. You go like um, listen to the professionally mixed track or whoever mixed it track, what you're trying to imitate. And then you go back to yours, you know, and you listen back and you just switch back and forth and go back and forth and be like, okay, what does a kick sound like comparatively? Or what does the, the, the sample sound like comparatively and stuff like that. And it's, I think that's a good kind of um, rule of thumb because it's kind of the same thing as the, the room idea. You know, like as long as you're comfortable knowing like what it sounds like through a certain system and you know where to kind of imitate that out from. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, that's a good good suggestion. I feel like I'm always, I don't know, I feel like it's always a work in progress and it should be Mm -hmm. because, you know, you should be trying to get better and thinking about those things or whatever but <clears throat> excuse me um that was that's actually probably my biggest reason for joining sidechain was my 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 sound you know i mean he's covered he's covered a bunch of stuff that i have been given a ton of thought of and i'm honestly not even there yet i'm like i'm not even really ready to like parse that out yet because i'm still working on the sound you know a lot of a lot of the like more sound focused things like the 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 um the pocket the one about the pocket the stuff about his you know his um his his uh drum mixing and whatnot and like the buses and whatnot those i've probably listened watch those videos four or five times each mm. and there's a handful of videos that i haven't even got a chance to to watch yet because i think i'm that's i think that's where 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 i'm at um it's yeah. it's funny I, I know we've talked a ton about a ton about drums or whatever but I, I, there was one point i remember where he he wasn't like he wasn't like doing anything he must have been heavy into controller eyes but he wasn't doing any youtube videos or live live videos but he also wasn't putting out any music either mm-hmm. it was like a large chunk of time like I don't know how long it was. It was long, like nine months or so, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then when he came back and put something out, he said something. He was like, he was like, yo, I just, I know I haven't really done a lot, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, you know, I basically been like studying. He was like, I, I realized he was like, he was like, my mixes were trash. Now they, they really weren't, but to him they were. And he was like, I wanted to work on it. And I kind of feel like that's, where i'm where i'm at right now like i have not put out or made a lot of stuff because i feel like i want to get my i want to get that game part leveled up as far as like my sound and putting something out um yeah because the more you get into knowing your mix the more you can kind of craft your own sound yeah you know like drums has a very very distinct mixing style you know like i can spot the you know like honestly he should do offer mixing services and shit like that i don't know why he hasn't like especially for like producers and shit like that because yeah. his sound is so distinct like he, no, no. 
you can just hear it like above like anybody else. Like I listen to other people in like kind of the lo-fi community like that of producers and he just has such a distinct sound that you know that it's his when it's his, you know? Yes, no doubt. He knows like, it's just kind of like a culture thing almost at a certain point. Like he knows what fits with the culture really well. Yeah. Agreed. Totally. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'm not trying to, um, I'm trying to recreate anything that anyone else does, but certain things that certain people do inspire me to do, to figure out what, whatever it is that, that, you know, that I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have had, I actually, I, I have had in the past year, a handful of different friends, like hit me up, like, like, yo, like, like I've had at least three or four different people comment on stuff that I've put out and they've said something to the, to the point of like your, your drums, it's like, they like, they don't <laughs> like they they're on rhythm, but they don't sound like they should be on rhythm. <laughs> like how do like, what are you doing? And, <clears throat> and that, that has been one that like, that's like one of those small things to me that was like a, a victory in my mind, because it means I'm doing something that's, sounds like me mm-hmm. you know like they're attributing it to you know to, to me and that's all on that pathway of like like you know building your sound or knowing your sound or whatever um which is one of the things i've been i've been working on i mean i, I can't ignore all the other stuff too or whatever um but i picked my battles and yeah i mean them. everybody's got their, their strengths and weaknesses as, as far as the shit goes you know, it's it's kind of it's hard to to cover all the bases exactly the way you want them. Yeah, I mean, there's it's only so much only so much time in the <laughs> in the day, but you know, I mean, it's cool because like we there's um the resources from like being in the Discord and whatnot, like they get bounced back and forth before it was like. It's like gold, man. You yeah, know, it really is. I've been in a couple just, other dis- Discord servers. Um, mm-hmm. One for Chill Select. Um, another one I, I left. Get in there, What's that? I, I got to get up in their server. I didn't even. Oh yeah, like it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's super we posted cool. one of my videos like five days, five six days ago, something like that. Really? Yeah, on their Instagram there. Oh, nice. Um it's super open it's it's, it's cool and people are mad mad cool but hmm. it's it's big and there's not as much like 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 in the sidechain discord it's more personal because yeah. i think of of size and there's that you know there's there's a there's a group of like for lack of a better word ogs or or uh, people who are in there enough that you know you're getting that bounce bouncing off of one another but i can tell you right now like the game that gets put out just in that discord server like i mean like you know you know for you for example like you're an engineer like and you know in the mixing section people ask something and you'll give them the wisdom you know what i'm saying like and or you got or you got people legit like you know, like 
you know, Crip or James too, who were like, they were, you know, they were out there making, you know, beats during the, the indie hip hop revolution of the early 2000s or whatnot, or, you know, or tech who's got crazy play. I mean, like there's legit heavy hitters out there putting things out there and adding to, and mm-hmm. it's not like that in other, in other servers. I mean, you got people who are saying, Hey, you know, listen to my track and it's cool. You know, whatever you got people like collab and do it's cool. But yeah. the game that gets flooded put on out. here. It gets flooded out in those other servers. Like I'm in the Kenny beats discord server and a couple other like big ones like that. And, you know, shit just gets flooded real quickly, real easily. It's hard to keep, a uh, um, have that community vibe when there's just so many people posting yeah. stuff, you know, and I think like really it's a good sign like to have that type of smaller knit community because just the, like you're saying, just the game that's kind of passed around is invaluable. Like you, you can't, you can't beat that type of stuff and just like how open everybody is with it too, you know? Cause like, you go back in time like everybody like kept those cards right close to their chest because it took them fucking 10 years to figure out that one little tip you know so so they were always very cautious of be like yeah here this is what i do this is how i do it you know check all this stuff out you know but with the 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 constant exchange back and forth of like oh this person's fucking dropped this gem you know this person dropped this gem you know it's just this constant kind of back and forth of um how do i put it just knowledge sharing you know like really in depth and it's not just like it's just like you mentioned it's not like it's people that are just getting into the game either you know these are people that have been doing this for a long time right yeah i was i was um i don't know if i would say I don't know if I would say surprised. I mean, I shouldn't be, but still, like the the people who are involved and like been in it for a handful of months or whatever. And I'm looking at people. I'm like, wow. Like, I mean, your 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 music is already dope. You've already done done that. But it just you know it shows it shows that there was something in the community that posed a value to them, mm-hmm. even though they were probably, in, in my opinion much further on in their beat career, whatever you want to call it, than, than maybe me. I mean, like, you saw the other day, Amano Mari was, was on. Yeah. <laughs> that dude is bananas. I mean, like, I think even drums looks up, looks, looks at him as kind of like, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, further on than, than, than him. Um, so to have that, and there's power, there's power there, right? They're like, um, there's it's it's, it's funny because i i i um i reached out to a couple people in the discord because um i don't know maybe about a month or five weeks ago so i had just commented on a video of this group i want to say they're out in new york um that I, that I like they're you know they're they're indie they've already got a pretty big following but i just have a comment on the video because the video was dope and later that day their ig account hit me up and was like well listen to your stuff and like the stuff you're doing let me, if you're let's work if you're down yeah. 
And I was like, well, whoa, like that's, that doesn't happen because I usually don't get, I usually don't get like, you know, I mean, once in a while I get some people saying like, oh, you gotta let me get on that, but that's rare. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't even sure how to approach it. And so I went to a couple people in the discord and it was like, you know, how to get your ducks in line for it. What's that? How to get all your ducks in line to take yeah, it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And actually I realize now I realize from your first episode with tech, I'm actually going to hit him up. I just, I didn't, I did not realize, I mean, I've been, you know, we've been commenting, commenting to and from one another through like IG or different threads in the discord mm-hmm. or seeing him in the zoom call, but I didn't realize that he had the placements that he had until, yeah. until your podcast. I was like, dang. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he's deep in that shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. I just, so just, just that, like that, that perspective from people who you could go to them and, you know, and be like, like, yo, you've done this. Do you have any, you know, whatever. I mean, people outside of just drums, you know, in his perspective and expertise mm-hmm. is a really valuable, definitely, definitely valuable place to, yeah. place to be. No, I think like there's a lot of people that bring their own little special um, niche of knowledge to the group there. Yeah. Most you know, definitely. and I think that's, that's really just great for any producer in a community. Like, cause thing is there's only so much you can know or figure out just on your own you know either you can go through trial and error and spend you know five ten years you know stumbling your way to that point or you can have other people that you can connect with and be like hey you know you did this you know what do i do kind of like chop it up a little bit about that scenario and stuff like that and know like all these different things and be able to put it kind of together in your own in your own mind yes and that's why I kind of really wanted to start up this podcast too, to be able to talk with other people like, um, and to be able to pick other producers' minds in a sense. Like it's just great content for one, but two, it also is kind of like a benefit to myself and my career to hear all these different perspectives and how all these different people went about it and, you know, what they did, how they did it, you know, and have the diverse different types of producers on yeah you know something you um just you saying the the last sentiment it it made me made me think that like one thing that's cool now that's highlighted in like you know in in this is is no it, it no longer has to be necessary like adversarial per se for mm-hmm. what like there's a point in time when like you would covet information you weren't you know you weren't mess with anybody unless they were like you know with your small little clique or your crew or whatever mm-hmm. be- because the the rewards were small in number you know placements were small in number the 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 ability to get in 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 with that group or that label or, or that artist those things and now the avenues are so wide open it benefits it benefits producers to have communities like this because you're stronger with that network of people who can do a bunch of different things you can bounce things 
because there is no like just one piece of pie that people are trying to to get at you know what i'm you know what i'm saying like for sure like i'm probably not going to be someone who measures my success by like you know placements so, so i'm probably not going to look at that as a goal post or whatever mm-hmm. so but i can you know go for different things and look for different things to mark my for lack of a better word achievement um and and it's, and it's i mean it's, it's really it's really cool like that that, that there's so much like i I'd say it's like a lot more love in you know you know in that no, uh, yeah. a lot more big up in in amongst one another amongst the beat makers um and it's not like it's just different i don't know it's, it's funny drums kind of hit on that when he was like if you're talking rapping my mindset is yeah i'll smoke anybody and whatever he's like but he's like when it comes to beats like i'm just more you know it's it's funny i feel like you have a lot more than now where, where producers are more like i see something in you we have this in the common because we love this culture and we're going to try to lift each other up you know i mean there's shade here and there whatever but mm-hmm. but there's a lot more helping one another reaching out and just making overall and and i know and i could see that change because it wasn't like that when i first got into it you know mm. um the you know a lot a lot different and a lot more cutthroat the further you went on now if you get into it's still probably that way to some degree, the deeper you get into the industry, but now you don't have to be in the industry to be in this culture. For sure. You know, I think like a lot of people are realizing that, like, I think this is especially true for drums perspective. You know, the more you give, the more you get back, you know, the more game that you give with that, you know, and he's created a whole, a whole, you know, structure to, you know, provide for him and his family off of it you know just by giving out game you know and i think that that's kind of struck a chord with a lot of producers you know to be able to provide that type of content and give away these kind of things that you hold coveted to yourself because the thing is is that what i've noticed too is that you know you can take that stuff and give it out to people a doesn't mean that they're going to replicate it and B doesn't mean even if they try to replicate it, they're going to come out the same as you. And right. even if they do come out similar to you, there are so many people out there that it's what's, what's the big deal? You know, like there's so much um, stuff that goes on that it's just, it's, you know, you get a lot, like I said, you get a lot more the more you give. Yeah. I've I've thought about that. I like, I mean, I consider myself blessed in a lot of different ways, but in my, in my mind, like, I don't, like, I don't only just want to do this. Like I'm thinking like, you know, what could, what could I do for a while back? I thought, Oh, maybe I, maybe I could do some like, you know, beat videos where I break down things. I'm like, there's a ton of beat breakdown videos or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, is there something I could do that's, is there something I can do in the, in, in this realm that's people aren't doing, you know, whatever, like, um, I'm really big on my 
album art and logo and stuff mm. you know like that's very important to me that things look a certain way and i figured out how to i mean not come from a, a you know bit of an art background but i don't use anything that's like super technical to do that so i was like you know maybe i could you know do that like show like this is how i come up with this this is what you could use you know you could focus on those things or whatever yeah um i mean even still like the beat video stuff like you know, maybe you put something, you put um, your ideas forward in a certain way that resonates with a couple different, with certain people more than other people do, you know, because I've thought, thought the same thing, like along with this uh, podcast, I want to do like mixing tutorials, plug-in reviews, and just kind of just fill up the content roster with a whole bunch of different stuff. And I've thought like, multiple times the the, kind of those doubts kind of come across your mind like uh how many people have put out videos about compressors (laughs) how many people have put out videos about how to eq a snare but i think about it like you know but they might not put it the same way i do you know and it might not resonate you know because i'm sure like especially you've worked as a teacher you know you know that you some people are better teachers than others in a sense you know they they the way they communicate how they communicate the ideas and the way that they structure their wording is a lot more clear and resonates with certain audiences than others yes yep so like you could have somebody like how to eq the snare and they do a pretty iffy job trying to really explain it but you know if you're a good mixing engineer you could be like okay i see what you're trying to say i get it but if you're just back put yourself back in like the beginner shoes they would be sitting there like wait what huh (laughs) you know like what is he talking about yeah just like you know the like jordan doesn't make a good coach Uh, yeah you know you can be the some some people have that ability to communicate and interpret for others Mm -hmm. um in a meaningful way and some people could be the best at that thing but not be able to to do that and mm-hmm. you know so we'll see all on that journey <laughs> but yeah man i think it's a good time to wrap it up it's about twelve forty-five. yeah no doubt i gotta I have to get up in the morning at the jail so oh yeah uh you want to give a little shout out links to uh social stuff like that anything you got coming up oh yeah um yes so um if you want to get at me i'm on ig and twitter i'm not really on twitter a lot but there that ig twitter soundcloud are all complete underscore beats and then um if you search spotify it's just complete beats two separate words same for youtube um but i'm probably most active on ig um i i'm working on got a lot of things i'm working on that i'm hoping to hoping to bring out um trying to work on a project that kind of gets back to gets back to more some of my soul beats which i love um Hope to drop that hopefully before the end of the year. But um, I did just release a beat tape, um, I think in July, called Gathering Blue, which is on like Bandcamp um, um, and uh, Spotify and whatnot, or streaming platforms, Apple Music, all that good stuff. So 
Yeah, and then uh, trying to work on some collab stuff with some different people too. We'll see. Won't say anything until I actually get. So I don't. I don't really like to say. I've never been one of those people who are like, "Yo, I got this heat coming." You know, <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned or whatever. I just I want it. I want to have it there, yeah, in hand when I'm ready. You know, when I'm ready to to, to dish it out. So I feel that. Or stay tuned. It'll be out. All right. Well, sounds good. Um, everybody who watched at this point, thank you for joining in. Um, yeah, appreciate the support. Um, yeah, I'll keep them coming. All right. Appreciate Thanks. you, Kenny. I'll see you. <laughs>